Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George the Martyr of Kales River, along with the chapelries of St. Mark and St. Monica. I am Lindsay Shooters and I am joined as always by the rector of our parish, Father Rodney Whiteman. Father Rodney, how are you doing today? Hi, Lindsay, I'm doing well. Um, I just come back from a trip to Groot Drakenstein to do an institution of the new rector there. And uh, of course, the sites on Helsuchter and Stellenbosch and all are always marvelous to take in mm. and gives a, a refreshing perspective of creation, uh, which I always um, appreciate. And particularly after the beautiful rains we've had, the fields are really green. And yeah. it was yeah. lovely when I when I went into, we, we did the service at Lankidoc, um, the church is called St. Giles, a very old building that was given by Anglo-American to the Anglican Church as their property. And it's, okay. it's, it's a stone brick, it's a stone um, stone building, some, some modernized inside, um, knotty pine in the roofs and so on. And then um, we had to go over a bridge. When you come into Lankidoc, there's a bridge and it's got a single lane. Mm. So you have to watch out who's coming on the other side in order to give each other space. But it was lovely to hear the tinkling of water in the stream, the river below. And you can see the movement of the water, you know, after the dry patches we've had. It was just beautiful to be in touch with that part of nature today. Mm, no, it sounds lovely. We were out at Hillcrest last week, Sunday, for my sister's birthday, um, which was on Monday. So we had like a brunch, lunch there. Um, and it's it's always funny because in January, I discovered that I'm allergic to bees. Um, obviously, found this out the hard way. And then I had a surgeon, or at least the doctor, the emergency doctor, look me in my eye and say, say that the next time I get stung, it could be fatal. Wow. And, and so it was probably three days after that that we went out to Bosius, um, out Sierra's side, um, with that wonderful chapel there. And I was walking with my son behind it, and there were just bees in the flowers <laughs> and now on on sunday um he called me over and we were looking at the view and he's asking me about the different flowers and he's like no we have that at home and it's like yes it's jasmine and we have the bottle brush and then there was this lavender bush and all i could see was the bees around the lavender bush oh and then, no yeah it, it, it really warps your your perception of the beauty of nature um but yeah, it's, it's something that I confront almost daily because there's a beehive in the neighbor's um, hedge between our properties right outside our our kitchen window. So if I'm washing dishes or something, I look directly into the, the milling bees all around there and then I contemplate my own mortality. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's taught me to not, it's taught me to be more observant and to be a lot more calm in nature um and yeah it, it's 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 been a thing but yes at the those that whole road also it looks beautiful winter is actually my favorite season because um i i used to travel up and down the country quite a lot uh driving up to like like by bus up to um pretoria during the june school holidays so then it was always great for me to see like all the waterfalls and stuff as you drive through Worcester and then like the dry Karoo and the free state um, and like mm. wildfires and winds. And you really get to experience how varied the climate is within our own borders, which, which is quite mm. nice. Yeah. Winter is where it comes to, to stop um, contrast like that. But we are obviously on the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. Um, we are, God is still gathering us this month, and the theme that you have extracted is invite everyone to your banquet. So we are all welcome. Um, Father, if you just want to unpack that theme a little bit more, uh, go through the collect, and then we'll catch up with the liturgy. The theme is related firstly to the gospel story of Jesus again telling a story of the kingdom and how the king invites uh, people to a banquet um, in special guests first and then of course the invitation goes out wider <clears throat> and so um and goes out wider because some reject it we 
get that to the to the gospel, but it's also used in the collect of for the day and for the week, um, acknowledging this this extension of God's generosity uh, to be as inclusive as He possibly can be um, to everyone, um, not exclude not excluding anyone, but also uh, teaching us that uh, we 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 can't just we can't just join the banquet on our own um, cognizance. We have to to be there based on his mercy and his grace and his love. Uh, but we'll get into that controversy when we get to the gospel reading. Awesome. If you can just call us all together with the collective prayer. Good morning to you, my sisters and brothers. The Lord, whose decrees are sure, making wise the simple, be with you. The call to praise um, to praise God and to give him thanks for his steadfast love also has within it a beatitude that says, happy are those who observe justice. So something just to encourage you to think about. Let us then pray the collect for today and this week together. Lord of the feast, you invite everyone to your banquet. Keep from us all that distracts us and stir in us the desire to respond with gladness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Father, we spoke before we started recording. I was saying that I find closing remarks in these letters to various peoples to be quite <coughs> boring because the author doesn't leave much open to interpretation. It's kind of all laid bare. So when Paul signs off with his letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 1 to 9, there's not much to pull out and pull apart. But I do like um, verse 4 and 5 which says, may you always be joyful in your union with the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Show a gentle attitude toward everyone. The Lord is coming soon. So so my, my only concern here is like, why are we saying, why, why are we tying, show gentle attitude toward everyone and the Lord is coming soon in the same thing. So it's like, shouldn't you always just be doing that? Like, why must you do it because the Lord is coming soon? It's like, must you cram in all your good deeds now <laughs> before the day of reckoning? Mm. I, I think the first thing to, to talk about in the, the, coming, the coming of the Lord, um, Paul, in his own experience and understanding, felt that um, Jesus, and as it's named, the second coming of our Lord would, would happen in his time. So did the Gospel of Mark, the same experience. That's why the Gospel of Mark is so short, because there was a sense in that the Lord was coming through. I think there's always anticipation, mm. um, because none of us know the time of the day. That question was asked to Jesus, and he said, only the Father knows. Mm. But we live as if it can happen at any time. It's in our minds. And, and of course, um, uh, somebody... In terms of those, the old thing about the Lord's coming um, was tied up in somebody's mind correctly. So I think um, uh, uh, um, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again in the Eucharistic prayer. And, and so he will come again, the parousia as, the, the, as it, was, it was used in what's name. So it's reminding us that the coming will happen not in the way in the time that we think that is the Kairos moment, not the Kronos moment. Mm. Um, but but because we don't know and time is not in our hands, we have to live always in the state of preparation. However, that words, the Lord is coming soon, has become a tool of judgment and fear. So, it's that words are used as fear mongering uh, in my estimation. And sometimes you see it being placed on walls of churches and, and um, you know, things you better make right today because the Lord is coming soon. So it's that yes, fear mongering yes. that they, they're doing. And, and I think when you see how Paul puts it, the Lord is coming soon, there's no judgment there. He's just making a statement of faith that 
God is coming soon, but God always comes. Is there ever mm. a time when God never comes? But there will, there will be a time when God ultimately comes, and that will then register the end of, of the earth as we, as we perhaps would know it. But again, again mm. it's, what, it's what we understand from reading the scriptures. How it's going to happen, we don't know. But it's in our, um, you know, Jesus did make mention of, of, of the fact that he, he will return. Um, how that's going to happen, when that will be. Um, when you go back to the, to, the, to the Acts of the Apostles, right in the first chapter, they mm. were already asking him about that. You know, um, and he said, okay, it's up to, up to the Father, not up to me. But why was he saying it here? He was saying it here because I think in verse 2, these two sisters, their outfall came to the ears of St. Paul. Mm. The fact that their names were mentioned meant that they played very significant roles in that church community. Yeah. And when yeah. leaders or, or people whose participation is of a deeply committed level um, argue with one another and, and have a difference of opinion and fall out with one another and, and, and their relationships are in, are, in, are in danger of breaking up, it will affect the life of the congregation. So Paul calls them back to the point of where he wants them to be. In fact, it was of such a nature to him that he uses the word beg. Mm. So almost he's beyond saying, look, I, I, please do this and get on with it. No, no. He's saying now the relationship between you has, has severed so much. I am saying to you for the sake of the gospel, please work on your relationship and find reconciliation with that. And it reminds them what they are meant to be. Uh, you are to me my fa my faithful partner. I want you to help. Mm. Um, you know, I, I I need you to do that for the spread of the gospel, and you're not doing it. Then he says, "This is what should happen. Your union with the Lord should bring you a joyfulness." Mm. Now, if you are in union with the Lord and you're out of union with your sister or your brother, that can't be joy. So you've got to be in union in the Lord with one another. Yeah. And then he says, as you experience the joyfulness of being in union with one another in, G in the Lord, you are able to rejoice. He goes on to say, whatever the situation is that may have disturbed your relationships, Show a gentle attitude toward everyone. Mm. How are you going to deal with each other? Even when the person you have to deal with is difficult. But remember this. The Lord is coming soon. This is for us the, that which we're looking forward to. And in preparation and expectation and anticipation of that coming, which we don't know, this is how we've got to live and work with one another. So he was encouraging them uh, to recognize that part of their creedal life. Mm. Because that's what we say in the creed. That's what we celebrate. The promise of him coming again um, at the end of time, which we don't know, but he knows. So, sisters, please get to the place of agreement. Don't stay in a state of disagreement. And that says an encouraging message to me. It says that every disagreement can be, become an agreement if you work on the disagreement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, 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 the strangeness about words is that when you use a word like disagreement, it doesn't take away the agreement. But in the agreement, something happened that made you disagree with one another, and that brought the division. So work on what you agreed to, mm. acknowledge mm. what you've disagreed to about what you've tried to agree to, and then get back to the agreement that you've made and work with that. Uh, so I think Paul is, 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 is not just teaching the two of them, but the whole congregation and the church at large that there's going to be disagreements in the church. But here, um, a very um, important leader of the church is making sure that he doesn't stay in a state of disagreement because that will affect how the gospel is being proclaimed mm. to affect the whole life of the church. And then 
he also encourages them further when he comes to the point you were making, in, in conclusion, as he ends of the letter, he encourages them, something that he said to them early on in chapter 2, fill yeah. your yeah. mind with those things that are good and that deserve praise. And then that whole beautiful passage that goes there. And what will happen, and the, and the God who gives us peace will be with you. That's where we're working toward. Mm. So it's really helping them to clear up the mess of the disagreement and calling them to what they should become. So there's this interesting just kind of thing that dawned on me now as, as you were explaining. I mean, we, we're now living through extraordinary time. Um, there was earthquakes, there's a pandemic, there's fires and storms and everything is happening. And I always find it quite funny that people are always looking for the signs of the end of days. And then, then I yeah. reflect, and like I said earlier about the whole situation with the bees, and when I'm washing the dishes and I'm knowing that at any moment I can put my, my hands into this water and a bee may have come through the window and landed in the water and climbs on my hands and stings me and I will die. <laughs> mm. um, like death can come so suddenly. You can walk out your door and get hit by a bus. You can hit by, like, it comes so suddenly. You are never know. But as humans, we are so curious. We want to control everything and we want to know. So yeah. we're always looking for these signs that things are going to happen. And it's like, why don't we just treat it like death? So it's like you, you live life to the fullest every single day. Um, obviously, some days you don't because... You need, I mean, it's World Mental Health Day today. Um, we're recording this on a Saturday, obviously. Like, sometimes you, you're you not up to living every day to its fullest, um, and that's fine. But I, I always say, like, you should never have any regrets. You should never, like, you should never dread the end. You oh. should always be happy that you made it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think a sense of knowing that this, will meet us sometime, gives us the urgency to live our lives in a way that could be constructive mm. and, and joyful and helpful because we know not the moment. Let me also say the bee is not targeting you. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. It's just protecting itself. Yeah. Um, and then thirdly, uh, today, I received news <coughs> of a colleague of mine um, who was, was, was working full-time as, as part self-supporting, full-time at St. Francis in Kailitsa. Mm -hmm. She was mm -hmm. on her way to a family funeral in the Eastern Cape, and the, um, and the taxi got into an accident. And out of all the seriously injured people, she was the only one that died. Oh, wow. And she's in her early 60s. Yeah. Very capable lady. Uh, so Martha Sam, even at Martha Sam, you know, we, we, we asked God to grant her eternal rest and come to the family. But then I walked into the home and then um, my wife had received a message from a family that we knew in a previous parish. Mm -hmm. um, the, he was the church warden when I came to work in that parish. So we got the news now, she got the news now that, you know, he was also just lying down in his bed and his granddaughter was next to him and he also just died now. Mm. So, mm. so it's, it's um, what do you, what do they say in the midst of life? We are in death. Yeah. Um, yeah. To whom can we turn to? So, yes, I think that, we, we always, we mustn't live as if there's never going to be a point of accountment. Account, mm. We're going to be account, held accountable. The Lord is coming soon. That's the, the day of reckoning or the day of, be, of, of accountability. How would you like to meet the Lord in a state of disagreement, in a state of fear, in a state of joylessness? Or would you like to meet God coming to us? Because he's coming to us again in a way that, we have taken notice of what he had taught us through prophets and laws and covenants 
and mm. specifically mm. through Jesus. And we are by the Holy Spirit transforming our lives. It doesn't mean we're not going to end up in some uh, problems, but but we will, uh, if we apply ourselves, be able to to know this. I think this is a very striking thing. And the Lord who gives us peace, because isn't that what we're looking for really, mm. will be with you. So So even when the bee is threatening to come into the window while you have your hands in the water washing up, you know, you still would like to have a sense of peace between you and the bee. Uh, <laughs> I'm zen. <laughs> you know, uh, and I think, and, and also, I mean, look how, how Martha met her death in a taxi accident. You know, I mean, how would mm. she have known that? Um, these things are complicated to talk about, but make sure that you are trying your best to, to um, be living in the kind of way that your um that your peace your sense of peace your sense of unity with with christ and each other um is the best that you can do to 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 get it up there so that you're not weighed down by the destructiveness of disagreement and separation and mm-hmm. disunity and being irreconciled to each other. I think I think one of one of my great one of the armors I have built around me is is this idea that um, like there is no second coming because I don't fully agree that there was a first coming. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm never looking for that, and and I also have the belief that there, there's nothing after death. Like, I'm I'm not always longing. Yeah, I, I don't have that that burden of of like longing for that glorious afterlife that we are all promised, because I don't believe that it's there. Like, this is the best that it's going to get to me. So I'm always going to try and make it comfortable for myself, and that also leads to having the relationships. Um, the interpersonal relationships with all people who walk on this planet to be harmonious because I don't want animosity in my journey. I just want to kind of live my life to the best that I can. And then this is interesting because it does kind of speak to to, to what's happening in, in Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 to 14, the parable of the the king and just the, the, before, the banquet. Just before, yeah? just before you go on, can I, can I interrupt you there yes. and ask you this? We are we we are are we caught in a state of nothingness between a possible beginning and a possible culmination? If our life right now is a state of nothingness, then I would yeah. agree with you that from nothing we came into nothing we're going. But but what is happening in the middle? Why do we have a sense of somethingness? Hmm. That is a deep question. <laughs> so, 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 if you have a sense of somethingness, and the fact that you're saying I'm working to be the best year for what purpose? For a nothingness. There must be a celebration of what is going on in the somethingness of ours. Hmm. So I leave you with that question. Let's go to the marriage. <laughs> to the <first. laughs> wow. <laughs> um. Yeah, like I never said there was nothing. It's like for me, this this is this is the best that it is. Like life is the best. Um, but yes, many are called, but few are chosen. Why, after all the things that happened, after all the invited guests didn't want to come to the banquet, and then they were some people had their cities burned down because they killed the slaves who came to tell them, oh, like yo, the banquet's happening. Um, then people from the street, complete strangers, get called in, and then one guy is not wearing his wedding robe. It never gets asked whether he owns wedding clothes. It never, like, that is never, it's just like he then gets thrown out, tied up and thrown out. And what is it? That's the gnashing of teeth. Mm. Oh, I love this line. Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. So what did this dude do? Like, <laughs> he yeah. was just going about his business, 
told there was a banquet, told that he could come, and then he came to the banquet. And then suddenly, now that was a problem. I think, I think you go back to verse 12, and it says there, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? So the understanding would be that when you've been invited to a wedding banquet, you would also have been issued with a wedding robe. Okay, okay. Now, those that were on the invitation list at the beginning would have been people that obviously knows the family. Yeah. And knows the traditions of the time. And then when they were too busy to come, the invitation now goes out to those who weren't invited previously, but who now uh, were, were, were brought in from main streets and from, um, they were both the good and the bad. So they were in a state of unpreparedness. Yeah. Grace is extended to them to enter. How would they have entered just as they were, or were they now given the wedding robe? Yeah. Now, I yeah. must say to you, I also have issues. I also had many, many issues with this because I, I, I said to myself, this is a bit of a, you know, the man is inside. Why do you not want to chuck him out? Yeah. yeah. I wondered whether there are conditions to accepting an invitation. Yeah. When there's an invitation, there's a culture of that invitation, a culture of the family who is inviting you to come. And you respect that culture by responding to what the invitation says. Now, mm. in the culture that had happened here, those that were invited, um, and you would see that it's not just it's not um, your wedding robe. It says a wedding robe. Yes. So that, that, that means um, it was given to you. It didn't belong to you, but you were clothed, so to speak, uh, to celebrate the culture of that banquet. Yeah. Now, if you came in there without wearing a wedding robe, how did you actually come in? And when he was asked the question, he was very respectfully addressed friend. Mm. Um, and he wasn't thrown out immediately. He was given an option to speak, but he remained speechless. Yeah. So does all of that tell us then that he was not there to embrace the culture of the, of the banquet? So he showed disrespect to the family. He showed disrespect to the culture, and he did not then go there. Um, he went there on his own recognition, not on the generosity extended by mm -hmm. the family of the banquet. Now, now the, the words for, for many are called. So people have gone out and have been called to come to the banquet. How did he get in there? Did he just come inside? Did he have a sense of call or not? Did mm. he just think everybody was and he could come on his own without there? And that fused. And I, I want to just be, I want to be very cautious about this because from my experiences over the many years, this verse 14 is always used as a cliche. Yeah. That people don't understand. Um, when we speak about being called and vocation, we mean called and vocation. Therefore, you are mm. chosen. How is it possible to be called but not chosen? What makes Jesus' statement powerful in it saying you can be called, but did you consider what that call was all about? Mm. in order for you to be prepared to be considered to be chosen. So did he, did he when, when the king sent out the slaves to everybody, was he really part of that, that, that what's his name? Did he hear the full story? Did he mm. 
or did he reject it? That he was coming on its own owner recognition and not on the fact that the, that the um, of the generosity and the culture and tradition of the yeah. family. Yeah. What is very interesting is that it's not one of the king's servants that that are engaged that engages him about not having a wedding garment. It's mm. the king mm. himself. The king came in to see the guests, and he noticed this particular man. So, what the, what made the king um, um, say? Well, in this culture, these are the terms of being part of the wedding. So, is there a point when we think we can just gate crash? Hmm. We can tell God what God must do with his world. We can tell God what God must do with his creation. We can tell God what he must do with the church. That we can even tell God what we, what, what we can do with our own lives, which is God's gift to us. Hmm. So are we gate crashing? So a lot are of people we, would, oh. a lot of people would say that I'm kind of gate crashing. In this, but I mean, I do qualify every week. <laughs> I do say that these are the things that I don't believe in, but I enjoy um, discussing like philosophy. I enjoy this exploration of faith um, um, during this this stressful time that everyone's going through. Um, so, am am I a person who arrived at at the wedding with without the robe? Well, I I would say you hardly a speechless person. <laughs> you would have engaged. You would say, "This is where why I am here. This is why why I'm struggling to put on this robe because I have certain things that I need to to deal with that I need to understand deeper in order to get there." I think that's a beautiful way in which the the king showed hospitality to this person. Friend, how did you get in here without a robe? Well, he saw him without the robe. He could have chucked him out. But he entertained him because he wanted in some way a response. Mm. Now, you, you are there sitting with your questions as all of us are. So you're not... You may be struggling. You may, maybe you, 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 you'd, you'd be willing to put the arm of the garment on but not the full garment immediately until you're a little bit more sure what is this really all about. But mm. you wouldn't remain speechless. You wouldn't say nothing. You, would have, you wouldn't have nothing to say. So why does uh, the author tell us, and he was speechless? Yeah. He had nothing to say. Why was there that emptiness in him? Why, what, what was his response to this whole event just an emptiness? Or was he there to rabble rouse, to do things that was going to distract? Yeah. You see, his presence was distracting, so his intentions may not have been good. You are not distracting, you are asking the questions, which is what you say at the beginning of all our podcasts, an exploration of faith during the time of COVID-19. You can't explore faith in the living God in any season of our lives without also asking the questions in response to what you have heard, what you are hearing and reading and, 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 and struggling with. Here, God, the friend, the, 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 the king engages him in a quite a gentle way, but he's empty. Hmm. He has no reason. It's got no reason why he's there. <coughs> does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see the because this is obviously Jesus still speaking to the Pharisees, um, yeah. who are now they really don't need a, an excuse at this point to plot a way for his downfall because um, yeah. he's now delivered them three. This is the third. This is the third or the fourth? This is the third. Like Bob, <laughs> that he's hit them Absolutely. with. Absolutely. So, what is he trying to tell them here? Is he, is he trying to say that the people of Israel were called, um, but 
not chosen because that's like the weird thing is because they were the Hebrews were the chosen people, God's chosen people. So like his his vocabulary is again very, very important. So is it because is the whole thing the transition from being called to being chosen? When you when you look at their rejection of him, mm. he who came to fulfill the law and the prophets, then did they truly appreciate their call as the covenant community? Um, they, their sense of chosenness um, is not based anymore on their, 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 their lack of obedience to the covenant. Mm. Um, refutes the sense of their chosenness. But they are still spoken of as the chosen people. And again, here yeah, one wonders how do we interpret that? Because what has happened, according to this story, is that the original invitees rejects the invitation. Yes. yes. And therefore, they've rejected the, the king and his family and his feast. So now it's open to those who weren't previously invited, who wasn't, mm. weren't on the, on, the, on, the, on the guest. And they are brought in from highways and byways, good, the bad, and the ugly. Except for one person who came there on his own recognition. Mm. And, and a sense of, he, he, the darkness of his speechlessness is a very important worry. So yes, it challenges their sense of chosenness. You were called, but why don't you? Why weren't you really chosen? Mm. Was it because you took your call for granted? You know, and 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 is Jesus here saying God has invited you to the feast? of his, to the banquet, the wedding banquet of his son. Mm. His son was embracing the bridegroom, the bride. And you who were supposed to be there as the guests, you're not, you're not really responding there. Mm. So, so I would want to admit to you, as with many parables, it's a very difficult um, to just rattle off things and use little texts out of it as cliches. Because yeah. deeper meaning has to be understood, you know, um, uh, and especially when we're trying to understand what a wedding tradition would be like in Israel at mm. that time, and why Jesus would use that particular metaphor to explain the the parable that he was trying to get them to con to to listen to, and again here. The story itself is not one of judgment, but one of grace and, and truth. Mm. If you are to listen mm. to all of this, how do you respond? So <clears throat> it's a very difficult story because we would like to know that God is all inclusive and that his love is unconditional. Mm. But I think verse 12 is a very crucial mm. You know, friend, how did you get in here? You can't just get in here on your own recognition. Yeah. And you know, when we, yeah. and the church, somehow sort of the church uses this rope story for baptism. Um, um, special clothes are purchased. Mm. Gowns are made in the, in the past where babies, uh, boy, boy babies had gowns on when they were baptized. Um, that was like a sense of a garment and when you when you do the the trying to understand the deeper meaning of the the robe then it goes back even to the use of robe in the old testament yeah and why was the robe so special um when it was given you know mm. i mean uh, jo joseph and the technicolor mm -hmm. robe one thing that comes to mind in the revelations there's the robe that had the blood of of the lamb on mm. They've, they've, they've been washed with the blood of the Lamb. Um, so the robe is important. Galatians, in Galatians, we read how we are, when we are baptized, we are supposed to speak clothed with Jesus. Mm. So it's like a new robe putting on. So in baptism, 
well, for our children, that is that seems to be the picture there. The child is robed, as it were, to speak with Christ, mm. and 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 that that garment. So that that has all got that connotation to it. Uh, when one do does uh, a little bit of hermeneutical exploration with the text. Okay. Um, so and then... in fact, um, and in fact, Matthew, Matthew and Luke tells the same story. But Luke does not include the section about the guy who doesn't have the robe. Ah, yes. So, so like going going to, <coughs> to, to the Luke interpretation as well. Both of them recount that the slaves went. Um, I, I still don't. I don't feel comfortable calling them slaves. But anyway, uh, that that's the the, the time the era um, that this happened in. So the slaves go, and then some of the people kill them, um, and then the army is sent to burn down those people's cities. So this is obviously pointed at the Pharisees and like those who came before. So what is the role throughout Jesus's life, throughout the gospel accounts of Jesus? Like the Romans are always kind of there, and then suddenly they're there at the end, like Pilate and all those things. But then it always gets handed back to Jesus' own people, like the Hebrew people. He was the king of the Jews and all that. So his own people killed him. Mm. But like, like I, I always grapple, I try to understand, like, are the Romans now just the force that was used to strike down those who abuse their calling, um, like what? What is the role of 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 Rome in this whole story? Look, Rome obviously was the overarching um, authority that had captured that part of the world and extended mm. the empire. So their rule and their force would be there, but they allowed the vassal state the mm. slave state, to continue to operate on the laws that they had. That's why they had King Herod and his, bro and his brother, um, because they, they, they weren't really in, in charge, <clears throat> but they had to sort of keep the people. You know, it's like the, like the, the government um, years ago when we had the tri tricameral government. Mm. You know, um, uh, we also heard that Mitchell's plane was going to be this, the, the colored homeland and, yeah. and so yeah. on. And you rule your own people, but you we are the overarching leaders. Mm. So 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 with the with the vassal state, uh, when Jesus was brought to Pilate, um, Pilate was caught in a bind. That's why he says, "I wash my hands in innocence." Yeah. Why did yeah. you bring him here? Because he said this, and that means he blasphemed the law. Pilate yes. said, "But I can't judge him on that. You must judge him on that." Yeah. But then they gave, they, they made a political scene out of it. He said, well, if you don't do this, then you're no friend of Caesar. We're going to take this to Caesar. Mm. So, so they then, so when, 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 when Jesus wasn't then punished under the so-called Jewish law by Pilate, he was then handed over to Caesar. Um, the punishment that was given then by the emperor was the punishment that now becomes a political thing. Mm. You see? <clears throat> so, so in a way, there's two states functioning. Yeah. And, 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 but the Roman rule was the overarching one that permitted the, the, the people who were, whose, whose leaders were, I mean, you, know, yeah, you had that little, that little statement last week called the elders of the people, yeah. the chief yeah. priests, these were all those who were looking after the Jewish people, governed by their law, the covenant, and mm. what all their mm. people had taught them. So was Jesus then looking at this story and combining the two together? Because who would have in that society been enraged? Who was the king all about? Was the king the emperor? Mm. Or was the king the same king that there was, like the landowner? Yeah. It's the yeah. story about uh, the, uh, the, the king of the kingdom who's invited people. But when they when and yet again, he acted like this enraged only when they mistreated 
and killed the slaves. Mm. Um, he, 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 he responded to them like that. And in a way, here, yeah, for example, if your interests are only your interests and you have, you are citizens of my kingdom and you reject me, mm. then what use do I have of you? That's a bit strong, one would say, because this banquet feast was the main thing. Yeah. It was the king expressing his generosity, the king trying to be as inclusive as he can be. And this is what happens, that people turn their backs on him, in some cases as viciously as they did. So, so will there be a sense in the kingdom of God when you are rejecting it, that as a result of that, you will have a fall. Mm. So this mm. again is, 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 a, is a very delicate story we're dealing with. Um, a generous king who invites people, when he's rejected, he brings in others, but he's, he's not going to change the sense of culture and tradition that he has brought. After all, he's the king. Mm. Um, and how do we respond to that? So this is a very difficult story. It, it brings in this whole thing about um, the enragement of the king. It also yeah. brings in bind his hands and let him go into the place where they gnash their teeth. And then that very, very challenging statement Many are called, but few are chosen. Mm. Again, we cannot use that, that text apart from the whole story uh, in which it is involved. So, um, yes, it's a, it's a very challenging story to consider. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I, just as I, I get uncomfortable where, where like God is portrayed as, as like jealous and all those things, I get very uncomfortable when the acceptance is conditional so it's like you must wear the robe you must act in a certain way you must do certain things so like is there a checklist for christianity all right is there a checklist in your home when i come in and visit you how do you expect me to enter into your house you inviting me to your to your house would there be a protocol that you that I will have to follow? Would I be sensitive enough? Like, for example, I would say, Lindsay, um, what can I bring with me? Hmm. Um, and ordinarily, if you if you do go, do I now do I out of my own buy um, flowers and a bottle of red wine or whatever it is and gifts for the children as a way of saying, you know, I'm I'm showing my gratitude to you. Mm. So, for example, you know, checklists are very difficult when you when you're assuming grace. Yeah. And for example, like checklists were around baptism, around mm. the sacramental ministry, baptism, and funerals, and confirmation and marriages. Priests and lay leaders, wardens particularly, of the past would be very strict, such as, did you pay your pledge? Is it update dated? Do mm. you come to church regularly? Um, and I mean, I used to, I had to struggle with this when I was in my ministry up in the Land, for example, where the previous priests had it, it all out there. You were a good Anglican according to the canons and constitutions of the church when you attended um, Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost. Mm. That, and if you came to those three services in the year, you considered a good Anglican. Because what was membership is, the, is what they say. Yeah. Then, um, uh, um, so again, yeah, if the person is not playing pledge, does that mean we must say no to the baptism of their baby or no to a marriage? Um, what are we teaching them about grace if we just let them come through without setting any uh, protocols to get yeah. them to that yeah. stage? Um, is the grace I dispense, as, 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 as uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer would say, 
is it cheap grace that you dish out, <laughs> or is there grace that you know that you, because people would say and remind you, Pauline thinking would say he paid the price for us. Yeah. So so all of that would come into theology around, you know, are there conditions? Um, now, for me, grace means I'm giving you a chance. Mm. So I will explore with you um, things like, you remember, yeah, I don't see you regularly. Is there a problem with your relationship with God? Mm. Is there reasons why you can't come yeah. to church? Um, why are you not pledging? So that I can understand the context of the person. Then to encourage them. Mm. And to say to them, grace can never be withheld from you. But there is a response such as, friend, how did you get in here without wearing a wedding garment? Mm. That interview is crucial. Now, will people say to me, as, as, as they've said in the past, my father, my oma dike gebo. In other words, I, the, my debt has been paid for. I'm coming mm. to claim mm. my reward. Is that what grace is all about? Is grace about the reward system? Because a, an ancestor of yours put the cross up or helped carry the bricks to the church. The question is, what are you doing? If your granny could do that, and she set you the example of what it means to be a member of the church, why are you running on her name, but you're not following her example? So again, it brings me to the question of verse 12. Friend, how did you get in here without wearing a wedding garment? You know, mm. will their responses, what will even a speechless response is also an empty response. Yeah. And the empty response is, Mame, oh my, that is an empty response. So those of us that are, you know, I mean, even, even when I am, for example, be, be, I, I'm, 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 I'm testing my vocation to become a priest. Mm. There are conditions mm. I've got to meet. Have I been baptized? Have I been confirmed? What was my role in the, in the life of the church before I uh, offered myself to be tested? Um, this whole thing about being called has to be tested in order yeah. to know whether you are supposedly chosen. Because did you play the role you should have played? How did you get in here without a requirement? So what is the call like for 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 a minister? Like I've I've spoken to, to to numerous ministers already, and like you you always when you relate to people on the level that I prefer to relate to people, where there's no not much airs and grace. It's 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 a sincere discussion between two human minds. Um, wh what makes you different from me? <laughs> like what what was that 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 call for you? Well, I, if I, when I go back, I think specifically what happened was, as I was engaged by the scriptures and in various ways brought out to me in song and in, and, and, and in the message and so on, mm. I, had a, I felt a very strong passion for the gospel. Mm -hmm. I believed it was, a, it was an important message to proclaim to the world. In other words, I believe Jesus can make the difference because he has made the difference. Yeah. And for me to, under to understand who I am and, and who you are and what I'm supposed to become, Jesus makes that all possible. But I also had a deeper sense of just, I had a deep sense for justice and for mm. truth. So so when I got the, the two together, uh, I also realized there was this whole sense of how God had given us signs of his loving grace extended to us. So this is where the sacrament and the altar came into being. So mm. I then was responding initially to the gospel needs to be proclaimed and everybody needs to, 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 to watch mm. them. Part of my experience was the brokenness that I experienced in people. 
and my 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 sense of compassion for the elderly and for the sick and yeah. so on. Yeah. So all of that, but particularly wanting to, pre- to preach the gospel, I got myself involved in the life of the church. Mm. I, uh, particularly in house church groups, where I where th- that was the cluster that molded me. And it was interesting that I myself did not say I was going to become a priest, but one of them, the, the more elderly, the laymanesses of that group said, one of them specifically said to me, you need to, be, you need to do this. And he got me the job to test my vocation further with mm. congregation mm. in Manenberg. And of course, that opened up, as it were, my my understanding because I was very naive and had no clue what that was all about. Yeah. So, but I I can say right at the core of it, I had this. I was touched so by the gospel of Jesus and who He is and how He exudes God's love for me that I wanted everybody to know this. Hmm. Yeah. And so that's I have a, had a sense of my call. Okay. Yeah. So, like, in in many ways, we 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 are quite like I also have a deep rooted sense of justice. Sometimes I don't know why. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I really cannot explain it. Um, I love so so my whole crusade and and like this uh, included this this podcast included is because I have this the sense that I have a particular view of the world and. It's a, a lens through which I can see how things have been twisted to kind of entrap people in in this mindless kind of march to the grave, you know? So I always want to show where I can find it. And then if I do find it, I want to show and tell, like there is a different way of doing things without any... Like, I, I don't want anything in return for it. But obviously, like, you have to earn a living. Like, you have to mm. be able to, to have that time to go and find those answers and bring it to other people. So that's, so I understand, like, the transaction um, with the church where it's like, it's, it's, it's a relatively cheap way to get married. And it's a relatively cheap way, you know, to do all those things, to have the funeral and all that. And for that, you just need to come to church and you need to pay your dues and like those sorts of things. You need to yeah, contribute too. But yeah. it's deeper than that, ne? Yeah, for, for a lot it's, of people. If you go back to the Philippian story, it's, it's about um, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind safe in union with Christ. That mm. union with Christ is a crucial part uh, it makes no sense to give money to something you have no union you, you, union with. Yeah. Um, also, <clears throat> are we those who are so uncommitted that when asked, why, why are we here? Why are we not wearing the attire we should be? Why haven't you matured? Does that mean all we'll say is nothing? Going back to your words of, nothingness in mm. the beginning and afterwards you know is that the, the 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 sense of our life when when we are engaged do we come there with nothingness because our nothingness is full of darkness so i would then ask you this question what makes you different from the psalmist when the psalmist wrote and communicated for the sake of worship as well Happy are those who observe justice. That's something you do in your observation of the world. You are helping all who would tune in and listen to you. This is what Lindsay is trying to help us observe and notice and work on so that we can make the world a better place. Mm. So that we can make living as human beings a better place. So what makes you doing your style of communication different from what the psalmist was doing? Uh, what makes your your communication different to what Matthew was doing when he when he wrote the story of Jesus, as complicated as, as it is? Mm. What makes you different from what Paul was doing from a prison cell, pinning down 
this letter to a church in Philippi, noticing that there were two very, very important sisters whose relationship was beginning to, 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 to fragment. Mm. So, you, so I go back to this theological um, view in terms of you and all of us, not just me who've got a collar on my neck, but this the theological reality that, we, that I believe in is that though that all who've been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, as, as it were, that is the ordination service of the member of the church. Mm. So that when you come to confirmation, you own what your contribution would be based on what gifts and talents God has given you. So, for example, what you are doing now for this church, for the kingdom of God in this podcast, is bringing your gift and skill that God has blessed you with. And you're engaging for the sake of helping the church to explore faith during the time of COVID-19 and beyond. Hmm. So, so in a way, you are doing exactly what they were doing in their time, in their sense of call. So in other words, your podcast that you are delivering about life in general and this that we're doing for our Sunday services is to raise the issues, to create the awareness, is to point out the good and to encourage people. Mm. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that that's a good note to close on from my side because yeah, it's it's I always like I I just wanted to break through that barrier of of there being all of these conditions and just try and like define that the the only conditions is that there's active participation like that's how you are part of a community is when you are actively participating Absolutely. in it. There's yeah. a dedication and commitment. The same, for example, if people thought you didn't know anything about podcasts, but you were doing it, the condition was, is that we will listen to you if you're producing this thing in a way that we can hear it. Mm. Uh, so there is a condition there. Yeah. You're, not, yeah. you're not found wanting as this brother was found wanting without a wedding robe. You, as it works, clothed yourself you've you've educated yourself you've embraced what this work is that you're doing your sense of calling back and chosen the father are there any other points of reflection that you can highlight in the praise of the church certainly uh in our prayers today which is always a response to the word read and um and um shared is that we reflect on how God heard the prayer of Isaac and Rebecca and how God guided them in the way of his love. So we are asking God now to listen to us uh, as we call on, on him to help others. And we are a church in, in our praying that praises the Lord for his goodness and that sings to God with thanksgiving. Our first uh, order of prayer would be based on the, the bride of Christ, which is the church. And so we are asking God to set the church ablaze in the intimacy and passion and desire of God's kingdom. And to set us before his church, the banquet of his love. Then <coughs> um, there is an there is the prayer of that God has enabled the invitation to go out and none would be shut out. So our prayer is to for those who are excluded and on the margins of society. And we're asking God to remove the barriers that prevent any from realizing all that they could become. As we continue to praise God in prayer and give him thanks, we ask that he would bless the um all embarking on covenant relationships of fidelity and mutual giving. And here we ask God to support all marriages and family life. And that bless, bless us through love that is shared. Further, 
We praise, we pray that God's love, which reaches beyond the confines of our gaze, would not forget those in distress or whose tears are hidden from our sight. And we think here especially of those that are sick and um, those that are mourning and grieving, those who have a sense of other losses in their lives. We think of the over two million who lost their jobs during the COVID season in our country, but in many other countries. And we ask that God will bring his peace that goes beyond understanding and surprises us with joy. And then um, God set before us a table, invites us to share in his celestial banquet. And so we ask that God grant us to share this feast with all the faithful servants who have gone before us. And as I mentioned earlier, in, in terms of our context, the people um, that died, particularly Reverend Martha Sam and our friend Desmond from Rockland. And then in conclusion, we can pray the prayer at the time of COVID-19, author of life, healer of the nations, grant us courage to face our trial, give us wisdom to find relief, give us faith to be responsible and grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. And then as we conclude this podcast, we send the people out on the note of thanksgiving because God's grace and mercy endures forever. We then commission all of God's church to go now rejoicing always in the Lord, to stand firm in Jesus Christ and be of one mind in him, to always act with justice, to let our gentleness be known to everyone and to yield up our worries on the altar of prayer. And so my sisters and brothers, may God give you peace that passes all understanding. May Christ Jesus guard your hearts and minds. And may the Holy Spirit plant within you all that is honorable, just, and pure. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. <laughs>